SOS Radio On Demand. It changed my heart. On Demand. It changes your life. Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. We're talking about the forgotten value of service with Patrick Yankee on SOS Radio. And Patrick's an author and an Air Force officer and an entrepreneur. And with every quest, Patrick, there's always this one focus that you live by, and that's remember who you serve. Absolutely. Any walk of life and in any, especially any servant position, it's always important to remember who's going to be served by this position. Uh, when I was in the military, of course, it was the taxpayers. Uh, you're a steward of taxpayer dollars. You're also a defender of taxpayers' values. And so any decision that uh, was made that uh, was a financial decision or how to use uh, the resources, you have to recognize who those resources belong to. And that apl- applies to pretty much everything we do in life, whether it's uh, in an entrepreneurial standpoint uh, you're serving your customers, uh, you're serving your family, you're, you're trying to build a better community. Remember who you're serving in those environments. And then, of course, there's your faith walk as well. And if you remember who we're serving on a daily basis, we'll make better decisions overall in the way that we live our lives. You know, a lot of times we think about our responsibility and our goals and the tasks that we've been set out with by our boss and whatnot. But you know, we want to lead and we sort of take authority over those things. But how have you seen service as a different approach to leadership? We understand like the carrot and stick approach. And a stick is very easy to understand. When we're looking to motivate somebody, you know, threatening to beat them with a stick, everyone can understand what it means to be threatened and say, okay, if you don't do this, you're going to lose your job. If you don't do this, I'm going to dock your pay. So that's a style of leadership. But fortunately, it comes very easy to people because it's the easiest thing to translate. But servant leadership and a life of service and serving others has to spring from a spirit within the person of love, honestly, of giving of yourself. And the only way that you can actually recognize what a carrot means to somebody is to get to know that person. And we shy away from those kind of interpersonal relationships, especially when we're dealing with subordinates or work relationships or that sort of thing. But we have to get to know people if we're going to be able to actually lead them forward. Uh, to things that they actually want. We don't just want to drive people out of fear that if they don't do this, there's going to be consequences. What we want to do is to raise people up and show them the greatest potential that they have even within themselves. By bringing out that potential within themselves, you raise them up, but you also raise up the organization. And it makes a much better place to work and a better place to live. It just it raises up the whole community when people act from a position of love versus fear. You know, that's kind of one of the basic things that I talk about is it's love versus fear. Fear is a selfish emotion. And when we reach out with fear as our guiding principle for leadership, what we're doing is making people think in a selfish manner. What do I have to lose? What's going to impact me in this scenario that that's going to be negative? Whereas we reach out in love and raise them up and give of ourselves, we teach them to give of themselves. And that's when the real power begins. We're talking with Patrick Yankee today at SWS Radio. And he's an entrepreneur, he's an Air Force officer, but he's also an author. And You write a lot about servant leadership, Patrick. But it's interesting, when we want to serve, it goes back to a shared vision, right? A shared goal. And then it's not like I'm just serving a boss or just trying to make my immediate boss happy. Point back to there's this bigger picture vision or there's this charge that we're going after, that's a good place to start when you're trying to move people towards something bigger than what we're doing. Really, leadership begins with communication. So when you bring someone into an organization, they're not going to necessarily understand where this organization is headed. And that's uh, the first role of leadership is to explain that. There's the onboarding process where you inculcate people into the culture of the organization to make them part of the organization. But then you have to actually share what is the vision. 
If you want to have a shared vision, the vision has to be shared. So the first rule of leadership is communication. And communication flows both ways, of course. I mean, you certainly want to impart your vision to your people, but you also want to listen to them. Because if we only have our vision, then we're not using people to the the best advantage. We're not getting the best and brightest. We should surround ourselves with the best people that we can find to do a job. And if we truly believe they're the best at what they do, we have to listen to them to improve ourselves, to improve the organization. So true leadership begins with communication. It's flowing from the leader to the subordinate to share the vision, but then it has to flow from the subordinate back to the leader to implement that vision. I think it was George Patton who said, never tell people how to do something, tell them what to do, and they'll surprise you with your ingenuity. So you share with them what needs to be done, but then you also have to be receptive to how it can be done in a better way. We're talking about how working with people goes back to influence. It goes back to service. And we're talking with Patrick Yankee today at SWS Radio. He's an author. He's an entrepreneur. It's interesting, Patrick, in your upbringing, you were raised in a house where one parent was a police officer, the other one was a doctor. So you had to learn from an early age to be pretty independent, but to live out that approach of a servant leadership mentality, huh? Absolutely. Our parents are very loving. They did everything they could to take care of us. But my father was on shift work with, uh, with the police department. My mother was uh, on big shift work with the hospital. So often when my mother was home, she was asleep. And obviously, oftentimes she wasn't at home. So we literally would get ourselves up in the morning, get ready for school, have breakfast, whatever we needed to do. Go off to school. We rode our bikes both ways to school. You know, this kind of, kind of sounds like our grandparents, you know, uphill both ways through the trudging snow. But, uh, but we rode our bike to school. We'd do our, our, everything we needed to do at school, come home, we'd take care of ourselves uh, in the afternoon until adult authority showed up with uh, snacks or whatever needed to be done, getting schoolwork done. But you know, it, it's, it's almost like a latchkey kid kind of situation, but with loving parents. But that was all before the age of 10. I mean, we were, uh, we were very independent. And because of that, you also have to learn to think. You know, if we do everything for our children, a lot of times they don't get a chance to learn and think and grow in their own identity. In a way, we're kind of passing on our identity. So from a leadership standpoint, applying that, you know, we give people the tasks that they need to do. We communicate what the vision is. We make sure they understand what the, the parameters are. But then we have to also have to give them the ability to approach the problem from their own perspective and to think through the problem. School just started, and we think about all the homework and all the assignments and keeping our kids motivated. And if I can actually get my kids to turn in the assignments that I know they did, <laughs> we'd be on a whole different Absolutely. level. We're talking with Patrick Yankee today at SWS Radio. And a few minutes ago, you were just talking about growing up where your dad was a police officer, your mom was a doctor. And so, you know, you and your siblings had to be very independent. But, you know, when you look back on the way that things worked well and didn't, what's the best way to start to motivate our kids so they can see that there's opportunities before them that go beyond just, oh, getting your homework done today and getting everything rushed so I can go out and hang out with my friends? We have a little different perspective. I'm, gonna, I'm actually, instead of reaching back to my growing up years, I'll, I'll reach back to where we are now. And my wife and I are homeschooling our kids. And part of that homeschooling approach, one of the reasons we did this is because our oldest child is he's a little quirky in many ways, but very, very strong intellectually. And what we found is as we were doing different preschool programs and different things that the boredom in school would cause them to react and to act out. So we knew we were going to have to homeschool. And that's just what from him to the, the other kids as well. But in that homeschooling environment, the beauty of it is you can actually tailor what you do to the child. So when he was interested in volcanoes, every lesson can be about volcanoes. And you can do math lessons and history lessons and reading lessons all based on volcanoes. 
and then he's into fire trucks. We can do the same thing with fire trucks and dinosaurs. But it's essentially it's the Montessori approach of following the child where you're not just throwing information at them and make them read dry, dull things that don't interest them just so they can learn to read, you know, see, pug, run. What you're doing is you're actually meeting their interests. You know, they would love to know that the children want to explore their world. And if you look through their eyes and see the things that are fascinating to them, then fascinate them with these lessons and tailor the lessons toward the things that do fascinate them. And then you actually help them grow their own identity instead of just making them an extension of yourself or making them just a dry student that's learning basic facts that, uh, that don't mean anything to them. If the lessons are tailored to their fascination, then suddenly school becomes something that's very relevant to them. Talking about the way that we can rethink motivation when we're talking about leading and serving, and we're talking with Patrick Yankee at SWS Radio, and Jesus said during his three years of ministry, the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And if we want to know what you know God looks like on a practical day-to-day level, we can Look at Jesus and how he fleshed that out. I mean, he was a perfect example of love and grace, but also living by conviction and servant leadership. And Patrick, how have you taken Jesus' example of servant leadership and applied that into your life when you're in the military and as you're starting businesses? Well, you know, I mentioned before about remember who you serve. And certainly when, uh, when Jesus came to this world, his focus was on doing his father's will. You know, we see that uh, very early in his life when he's lost in the temple and they found him and... Uh, didn't you know I'd be about my father's will? I mean, he's focused entirely on his mission, why he's here. And, you know, every speaker has to, when you're doing some sort of presentation, everyone loves to have acronyms. So I've, I've developed an acronym for servant leadership. And the very simple acronym is the servant leader cares. And the C is for communication. And we can look at Jesus' life, obviously, and see the communication that he gave through the parables and ways that he spoke to the crowds and, and answered their questions. And he, he spoke in a very loving way. Uh, it also encouraged prayers. So that's that two-way communication. Accompaniment. It's important that uh, you don't just tell people what needs to be done. You walk the walk with them. If we're on a shared mission, if we have a shared vision, then the leader has to walk with his people in that vision and make sure that uh, you know it's not some aloof person saying, go take that, uh, that hill, but the leader's charging up the hill with that person. You have to accompany them on the journey. And uh, we can see that Jesus came into this world and accompanied us on the journey. Then there's responsibility. Leader can't delegate away their responsibility, but you can give responsibility to others. And of course, you know, Jesus gave that responsibility to his apostles. Uh, before his crucifixion, he sent them out to preach, told them, don't take extra things with you. And if you're accepted in a town, you know, preach in that town, stay in one home. And if you're rejected in that town, shake the dust off your feet. But he gave responsibility to his followers uh, to carry out the mission that he was giving to them. And then there's evolve. A leader has to help an organization and their people evolve. And certainly our Lord did that with uh, the apostles and raising them up to be more than just fishermen and tax collectors and the things that they were before. He raised them up in, in evolution. But he also evolved the church. And we can see that evolution of the church during his life. But we can also see it, obviously, in the age of the church, when the church has the ability through baptism to, to grow the people, to grow the doctrine, to learn and develop more through the, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit— we have that evolution. And then finally, there's the SDS is the serve. The servant leader, after all of those things, then steps in and just serves. What do you need from me? That's what I will provide. And that's that love that springs from the heart of the leader to, to give of themselves and say, what is needed here? You tell me what you need. I provide it. I do what needs to be done to accomplish the mission. So the C is communication. A is accompaniment. R is responsibility. E is evolve. And S is service. If the servant leader will remember that their job is to care, 
So the servant leader cares. Uh, those five principles really flesh out a lot of what our Lord did for us and what we can do for others. Now, Patrick, you wrote a book called Personal Rosary, and it goes through really thinking about like, what does our life look like because we're following Jesus, not leading Jesus, not Christianizing in the world. It's following him. We're called to be his hands and feet. We are the body of Christ in the world. And so the personal rosary, back in 1963, uh, Christianica Press came out with a book called uh, The Scriptural Rosary. And what they did, if you, if you, under, if you know what the rosary is, a Catholic devotion, they're re- reflecting on mysteries of Christ's life. And what, the, what they did with the Scriptural Rosary is they pulled Scripture passages uh, into the mysteries of the rosary to follow through Christ's life in, live, in looking at those mysteries. And after years of uh, praying the rosary that way, it dawned on me that you know, there's, a, there's a closing prayer of the rosary that says that uh, we're to imitate what's contained and obtain what's promised. Well, there's a step that's missing then. If we're only focused on how Christ lived the mysteries, then we're missing the second piece. The second piece is we're supposed to live the mysteries. We're supposed to be the body of Christ in the world. We're supposed to have a personal perspective on the mysteries of the rosary. So that's where this book came out of, is that perspective saying, okay, so it's a companion piece. It doesn't replace it. It says, okay, the scriptural rosary follows Christ in scripture. Do that. But we also have to have a personal rosary that meditates on how we follow Christ in scripture and how we live the mysteries of the rosary in scripture. Obviously, the rosary comes out of the Catholic tradition, but for Protestants who haven't really experienced what that means, like praying through with some organization behind it, what do you think a lot of people miss about that? Well, it's meditative prayer. You know, it's funny. A lot of things that uh, people point to about Catholicism as far as uh, like a practice in the past has come forward to the modern world. Things like uh, Catholics used to be called fish eaters because they wouldn't eat uh, meat on Friday. Now you have meatless Mondays in the secular world. When it comes to things like meditative prayer, now we have mindfulness. When it comes to fasting, and now we're getting into how fasting is wonderful for the human body. Well, it looks like, to me, that the church understood from the teachings of Christ and, and things that he passed down to the church that we understood the human body and the things that we need. We need that meditative prayer. We need that fasting. We need, we need those sort of things to have a good perspective in this world and to, and to be healthy as well. So I, I think uh, you find that these principles, at least, are, are universal. So of those, the rosary is a meditative prayer, and again, a meditative prayer on the mysteries of Christ's life, that we can live it ourselves. If we're going to be the body of Christ, then we should understand the mysteries of Christ's life and how we can live them. But I've also found, having sent the personal rosary out to other folks, but I have one that uh, that, that she's just uh, ecstatic about it. She loves it. Uh, it's uh, She grew up Catholic, but she's Protestant now. She never fully understood the rosary, but now she does. And she ha- keeps it on her bedside, and she, t- she tells me, and she loves it. So I tried to write it in such a way that, yes, okay, the devotions are a Catholic devotion, but the reflections are universal. The reflections come from Scripture. The, re- the reflections come from a deeper meaning that we all share Because what unites us as Christians is far deeper than things that divide us as denominations. Thanks for streaming Scott Harold's podcast from SOS Radio. If if you're one of our regular listeners, would you consider giving it a five-star rating? It really helps spread the word.